Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. How is your week going? I hope it has been going good. We have been getting over the cold that feels like it never ends at our house. You know when it starts with one kid, gives it to the other kid, gives it to you, gives it to your partner, and I just feel like there has been somebody sneezing in this house for like the last two weeks, and I'm really ready to get rid of it now. But otherwise, I mean, things have been going good. We've been planning our trip to Panama. If you haven't listened to a couple episodes ago, we are doing a two-month live-work trip to Panama coming up next January. And, you know, there's a lot of things that have come up that I'm having to figure out. Me and my husband, prior to kids, we never really traveled a lot. I think we went on like two trips together. Um, But now we've just solved our first problem, which is like, what do you do with the cat for the first, you know, for the two months while we're gone? We solved that problem. Now we're trying to figure out, okay, um, how do you book your flights and how do you do all that with kids? What's the best way to go? How many layovers? How long do the layovers need to be? There's just, I feel like a lot of logistics. It's a bit of that analysis paralysis with how much we have to do. I mean, we even have to get all the, both kids new passports, renew ours. Like it is a process. And if you have traveled with tiny kids, I'm talking about toddlers and preschoolers. Can you send me a DM on Instagram and give me your best words of wisdom on how to make this travel process smooth, especially when there's like layovers on the trip. Anyways, that's kind of what we're figuring out right now. We're learning a lot about this whole world of like credit card points and how you can use it to pay for flights and how to use welcome bonuses. Like it is a thing called like credit card hacking that we just found like a couple of months ago and we have been implementing it and learning how to spend those points so that we don't have to pay for a lot of our trip. Like it's a, it's a really cool thing we're doing right now, but it is a lot. So anyway, that's what's going on here. But today, I want to jump into a really fun episode. It's actually going to be a series of episodes called the Performance Toolkit Series. Right now, I have three of them planned, and this will be the first one. And specifically today, we're talking about how to exercise for energy. Now, A lot of the times when you look on the internet, it's how to build big muscles, how to lose weight, how to, you know, do all of those other things that are involved in exercise that we get all bogged down with. But in this performance toolkit, we're going to stick with the theme of this podcast, and it's all about how to exercise for energy. Because here at Becoming Limitless, we are all about doubling your energy and your focus with my 12 Becoming Limitless protocols. And one of them, one of my protocols is all about how to use smart exercise to increase your energy and your focus. So today, it's not so much like a what exactly to do, but a how to do it. Meaning, what are the different areas that you need to focus on to make sure that your energy is at its peak when it comes to your exercise? And I'm going to give you examples and everything along the way. But first, let me paint the picture for you. I want you to picture the letter U. Now, I want you to flip that U upside down. So it's an inverted U, right? This is what I often find the curve looks like when we talk about how often or how much people exercise or like the benefit that we get from exercise. On one end, we have 
very minimal exercise, sedentary, low energy. Then as we go up that U-shaped curve, there's that sweet spot where we are exercising and the right amount, we're moving our body during the day, which creates peak energy. Now we come down the other side of the U and that is when you overtrain, exercise too much and don't give yourself recovery. That is when your energy will dip again. So if you're looking at that upside down U, on one side, you have barely any movement, low energy. And on the other side, you have a ton of movement and your energy is compromised because of it. I'm going to be teaching you today in the performance toolkit, how to find that sweet spot at the top and exercise for energy. Why does this matter? Well, besides the fact that we want to feel good and, and energized, regular activity and exercise affects your business. But before I want to delineate these two things. Uh, when I'm going to say the word exercise today, I'm going to think of it as like planned structured activity, meaning you are doing a 45 minute workout and it is going to be weights and spin bike. I don't know, something like that. Okay. But when I say like activity and movement, I'm going to be talking about your day to day activities. So things like how many steps you're taking, how much time you spend standing, how much time you spend moving around versus how much time you're sedentary in your chair. Right? So we have movement and activity versus exercise. And both of these come together to affect your business. So number one, disease prevention. <laughs> By being alive and moving and getting exercise, it prevents a ton of chronic diseases. And I'm talking about heart disease. I'm talking about a ton of other diseases. And here's the thing. Why does this affect your business? Because you need to be alive to work. So if we want our business to succeed, we need to be here to do it. So that's number one. Number two, when we exercise and incorporate movement into our day, it affects our circadian rhythm. And remember, that's that governing 24-hour clock that so many of our body systems do follow. Now, when we exercise, it drives our core temperature up. When our core temperature is up, this increases energy, it increases focus, and it increases alertness. These are all really good things. We want this when we are performing in our business. When you exercise, you also produce something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. And particularly, it's increased when you get aerobic exercise. So think of things like going for walks, runs, bikes, you're doing circuit training, that kind of stuff. And brain-derived neurotropic factor, or BDNF, is involved in increased learning, memory, formation of new brain cells, making new connections, mood regulation, maintaining the health of your brain, and brain cell growth. So if we want to be smart, if we want to learn, and if we want to expand our capacity to have flexible thinking, we want BDNF, all right? And that comes from exercise. Also, I mean, who doesn't feel better after a workout? It combats stress. It makes us feel less anxious. We get those good endorphins, right? It's such a good way to start off our day or even to wrap up our day if we've had a bit of a stressful workday. And most important, in my opinion, is regular exercise helps to improve sleep as long as you don't do it too close to bed. If you're exercising within that two to three hours before bed, you do run the risk of actually compromising the quality and the integrity of the first couple of hours of sleep. So just make sure it's not too close to bed, but getting regular exercise affects not only the quality of your sleep, but your ability to have sound sleep at night. So those are so many good reasons. And we all know if you've listened to this podcast for very long, the more often you get good sleep, the better we are performing in our business. We have the energy, we have the focus to get more done in our days and also to feel better than we have in years, right? Okay, so I hope I've sold you on this idea of incorporating movement and exercise into your daily life as a tool 
to boost your energy and your focus. So let's go over the six ways that you can start thinking about movement as part of your energy and focus toolkit for high performance. All right, number one, how active you stay during the day. So when I talk about this, we're referring to how often you move around throughout the day. Now, what this is contrasting to is how much time you spend inactive. So this includes sitting at your desk, sitting on the couch, sitting and eating, um, even if you're just standing around and standing still, or how much time you spend sleeping or like lying on the couch. Those are considered being inactive. Active. Now, if we want to boost our energy, we want to be staying active throughout the day. What do we look for to measure this? We want to look to having five to eight hours or less of inactivity each day outside of sleep. So let's say you were in bed resting, trying to sleep for eight hours. That leaves 16 hours available for movement. So we want to try to keep five to eight or less of those hours sitting down. Now, when we add up all of the time that we spend at our desk and that the time we spend watching TV or just laying around checking Instagram, those can really add up. And in my experience, I've worked with many business owners that get 12 to 14 hours of inactivity per day just because it hasn't become a habit and they haven't considered how much it affects their energy. And it's really interesting. Exercise is one of those things that we're like, oh, but it takes so much energy to do, but it gives you energy. And it's this positive feedback that the more you move and the more you engage in activity, the more energy you have, right? So we really want to look at slowly starting to minimize the amount of time we spend sitting, lying, or standing around every day. And studies have shown that this actually is more important than that structured one hour exercise routine that you do. And moving and staying active is going to have a larger impact on your health. So what can you do to get more active? Well, the number one thing I love to do is to add in walks. I'm a huge fan of especially postprandial walks. That means doing them post food, meaning like after dinner, after lunch, after breakfast, because this really helps to regulate our blood sugar levels and helps our energy stay stable and our focus staying sharp. And this is especially important when you're going back to your desk after having lunch, right? If you can sneak a small 10 minute walk in there, not only will it help your focus, but it'll keep you much more active during the day. And if you don't have the ability to get out and go for a walk or it's pouring rain, much like it is in Vancouver here most of the time during the year, stretch. I mean, there are so many different just like desks stretches you could do. You could do them in your chair. I imagine you probably have a couple square feet sitting beside you at your desk. Just getting up for a minute, moving your body around, twisting your spine, you know, rotating your shoulders, drop them away from your ears, taking a couple of minutes not to be completely still and sedentary at your desk all day. Another option, plan an exercise routine. I mean, this goes without saying that if you are exercising, this is going to boost the amount of time that you are active during the day, right? Another really interesting thing that I've started incorporating is sitting on my stationary bike and answering DMs. So naturally, as part of my business, I'm engaging on Instagram with new friends, part of my community, uh, potential clients, and I can honestly just sit there on the couch and do it, or I can sit on the bike and do it, and it's going to be the exact same. So this is something I've incorporated. Now, whether you have a bike, a treadmill, or you can just go for a walk outside, think of them as turning them into like money-making bike rides or community building walks, right? Where you're really engaged in getting those DMs done while moving. So this is just an example. You could do emails. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that you could do while you are on your phone, but it's a wonderful way to pair those things together. So you don't just do them sitting down. It keeps your metabolism high and it keeps your energy high. So staying active is our first thing in the performance toolkit. Now assess your day, 
How much time are you spending inactive and how can you improve that? Maybe let's just start by one hour and it doesn't need to be a solid hour. I think this is the other thing I really need to emphasize is that it doesn't need to be like consecutive long blocks of inactivity. You could do 45 minutes of of seated work, seated work, seated work. I don't know. And then you could do five to 10 minutes of moving around, or you could do two hours of, of, of laying on the couch and then get up and go for half an hour and have those all add up together. It doesn't need to be in blocks. It can be interspersed throughout the day. Strategy number two is to move hourly. And the nice thing is this kind of plays off of the last one, whereas stay active was just more about your overall sedentary versus active level. Move hourly ensures that there is no long stretches where you are staying at your desk or laying on the couch. So the point in this is get up from your chair. Whether that's every 50 minutes, every half an hour, every 90 minutes, have it be something that you are regularly aware of. And one of the ways that I know that I'm ready to get up out of my chair is I start almost feeling like this buildup of energy in my chest and my stomach. And the interesting thing is for me, it feels a lot like anxiety. And it's just that my body has built up this energy and I need to move. I have been stationary for too long. And if I try to work without getting up, I'm going to feel that. And that is a really good body cue for me to get moving. Now, yours might be different or you might need something like an alarm to keep reminding you. But getting up from our chair and moving is going to make such a difference on your energy. So you can also do this by taking a walking or a standing meeting. Like we don't need to be sitting for so many of these things. Now, there is a really good video that I'm actually going to link in the description. It's from one of my favorite YouTube channels called Athlean X, and it is all about how to undo sitting. And he gives you wonderful little things that you can do every 30 minutes or 60 minutes at your desk that take like literally 30 seconds that help undo sitting. And he has this thing called GBS and it stands for grab, bridge, squat. And these are three different movements that you pick one of that you can do to break up your your seated position and help move your bodies into the opposite position. Now, here's what I mean by that. Think about sitting at your desk. Your back is rounded forward, your shoulders are rounded forward, your neck is probably like cricked up a little bit. Now, what these three things do, these grab, bridge, squat that I'm gonna tell you about that he talks about in this video, they undo that forward rounded position, help open you up. So the first one is like, let's pretend that you're standing up right now. And if you're driving or doing something where you're not standing up, just picture it. Now, what you're gonna do is you're gonna reach behind you and grab your butt. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna arch your back and lean into your hands that are on your butt, all right? And so you're basically arching your back, you're opening up your chest. It's the opposite of sitting down, right? So this is the grab. Bridge, you would lay down flat on your back and then you would pull your feet into your bum so your feet are flat down and you would lift your hips off off the ground into a bridge. This is going to also help activate the back of the body and he shows actually a cool modification of it where you can get some spinal twist in there as well. You'll have to see the video, it's way too hard to describe. And then the last one is squat. What he has you do is stand up against a wall and then he has you slide down the wall into a really deep squat. Now, also, if you're looking to open up the upper body, he has you put your arms in like a goalpost. So if you imagine like a football goalpost up against the wall, this position, if it is hard for you to maintain, likely means you have some muscle tightness that may be a result of seating, sitting too much. So GBS, grab your butt, do the bridge or do the wall squat once every 30 to 60 minutes just to help undo sitting. I'll leave the link in the description if you actually wanna watch the demo video of it, but this is something that I've incorporated, especially if I start to feel that antsy feeling. 
Um, another great tip for this to help with the hourly moving is I know that Fitbit and Aura Ring, they will send alerts to your phone. The Fitbit even buzzes right on your wrist if you haven't moved in the last hour. So at 10 minutes to the hour, my Fitbit buzzes and says, hey, we want you to get 250 steps in an hour and you haven't gotten there yet and you've got 10 minutes, get moving. And so I always love that little cue and it's a great reminder. My ring sends notifications to my phone that says, hey, you haven't moved, let's get going. And I love love little things like this. I imagine Apple Watch and Garmin and the other things I'll have there. But if you can have something that either like sends you an alert, that would be great. If not, a simple timer will do, right? And not only that, by getting up every hour, this really helps with posture. So many clients that I talk to have poor posture just naturally because of how much they sit. Specifically, they deal with things like sore necks, sore backs, and when you are sore and you're in pain, you're even less likely to move. And then that leads to further being sedentary, which leads to worsening of your posture. So these are those kind of things that you really just need to break the habit and put something into place. This isn't one of those podcasts I want you to listen to and be like, oh yeah, that's a nice idea. I should get up and move more. I should stay more active. No, I want you to do it. Put a timer, get something that reminds you to get out of your chair. Set a certain, you know, number of times that you want to go for a walk during the day or stretch. Like I really want you to hone in on this because it will make such a difference to your energy. I promise. All right, third thing. Set a daily movement goal, right? This stops us from being an active couch potato. And if you've heard me talk about active couch potatoes before, that basically means when you're sedentary all day and then you have your one hour workout and you are super active during that hour and then you go back to being sedentary. So you are an active couch potato. You're sedentary all day except for your exercise. Now, I would much rather for your energy and for your long-term health, have you be active more during the day with shorter workout sessions. This is actually gonna be better for your health. Now, you can definitely have longer exercise sessions and be moving throughout the day, but I want you to not think about it as just like a one-hour exercise is enough to have the health that you need, especially if you don't have an exercise routine in now right now, in place right now, and you're feeling really intimidated about the idea of where to start, how many workouts to do, all of that kind of stuff, just start with moving more. So I know that there are a whole bunch of devices and tools on the market that help you set movement goals, right? So Apple watches, I know from my clients, they've told me that there's this addictive feature on there where there are rings that they want to close. I know my sister has one too. She's always like, I need to close the rings. And it really motivates her to hit those movement goals because they give you a certain number of steps to hit and a certain number of active calories to hit, certain number of you know time spent standing up or whatever it is. Aura has daily activity goals. So when you wake up in the morning, you get a readiness score and you get a sleep score and all of these different factors factor in and tell you, recommend how many active calories you should burn throughout the day. Now, this does not mean from things just related to exercise. So while I'm recording this podcast right now, my arms are moving around. I'm expressive. My ring does like to record this as activity, funny enough. And sometimes it's even like, did you work out during that podcast interview? Which I actually find really funny. Um, Fitbit has a step goal. This is actually one of the simplest ways and you don't need any of these fancy devices. Your phone has a pedometer in it, believe it or not, that records your steps, or you can just get literally a $10 pedometer. You put it on your wrist or you clip it on your pants and that will record how many steps you take throughout the day. Setting a simple step goal is such a great way to have a daily movement goal because it is very measurable, right? Like 
In general, here's a rule of thumb. I like to aim for 7,000 steps a day. Most people that I start working with are around that three to 4,000 range mark. Start by just adding 500 a day from where you are now and get good at it. Once you've hit it consistently, you aim for a thousand more. Start increasing that slowly and, and having your daily movement goal slowly move up. And then you wanna aim to reach your movement goal six to seven days a week. So if my step goal is 7,000 steps per day, I wanna hit that at least six days per week. That's my goal. That's what I'm always working towards. So the three we've covered so far are to stay active throughout the day, to make sure every hour you are moving and to have a way to measure that, to set that daily movement goals, right? So the next one we're going to move into in how to exercise for energy is monitoring your training frequency. How many times per week that you train? Now, I'm not talking when we talk about this about walks or like um, stretching and things like that. I'm talking when you are intentionally training to have positive adaptation with your cardio or with your strength training or something like that. And I'm talking about medium to high intensity workouts, weight training, spin classes, um, all of those kind of things. Maybe you go for a run, uh, circuit training, boot camps, all of those kind of things where you do get your heart rate up. Now, how many times a week are you doing that? The ideal range is between three to four. Now, it's super important to emphasize here that more is not better. Getting six or seven workouts per week just because you can is not always the best solution. And in most cases, over-exercising in frequency actually decreases your energy. Remember that upside down U-shaped curve that we talked about at the beginning? So you're wanting to find that sweet spot in that really boosts your energy. And I usually find that comes in somewhere around the three to four time per week mark, whether that's doing spin or weight training or some kind of combination of that. Now, if you are already there, great. If you haven't started working out yet, you don't have to jump to three to four to start. Start with once a week, get really good at it. Do that for a month. When you have consistently held once a week, go to two times a week. This is by far the best way to develop a sustainable workout program rather than just trying to jump into five one-hour workouts a week because you saw someone on Instagram doing it. Now, if you are at the point right now where you are training five, six, or seven times a week, this does not mean you have to stop. But what I really want you to gauge is how you are feeling showing up to those workouts. Are you feeling rested? Are you sore? Are you feeling like you're getting adequate recovery? And most importantly, do you feel like you're progressing? Because if you are lifting the same weights that you were two years ago or running the same distance in the same time that you were two years ago, there is a chance that you're not getting that adaptation and that recovery between workouts and you might be too frequent. So finding that sweet spot for you might be five times a week. It might be three times a week, but you're really wanting to test both and see what kind of activity level serves you best? The fifth thing we're going to monitor for exercising for energy is looking at the training volume or how intense your activities are. So in general, it is recommended that you get 150 minutes. So that is five days a week at 30 minutes or whatever, however you want to break that up of moderate intensity activity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity activity per week. And this is for heart health specifically. Like if we want to live a long time, we want to have nice high heart rate variability, HRV numbers, we're going to want to get some 
moderate and vigorous activity in every week. Now, Fitbit actually does this really cool thing called zone minutes, and it's based on your age and it's based on your heart rate. So it gives you this like range of when you are active and your heart rate is between, well, for mine personally, so keep in mind, I'm 34 years old, so that'll reflect these number in these numbers. But if my heart rate is between 107 and 132 in a workout, this on average is what we call the fat burning zone. Although I really just want you to never look at that and think that's what I need to do to burn fat. It literally just means that that is the primary fuel source that this intensity of exercise is using. It does not mean that it will only burn fat and you shouldn't exercise more than that. That is not actually true. So Fitbit gives me one point for every minute I spend in this zone. Now this range actually, this 107 to 132 is very similar to what is actually known as zone two cardio, which has the most benefits for heart health overall. And honestly, if you get going with a brisk walk, you can get into this zone for sure. Um, um, like an intense yoga, I did intense yoga yesterday and I was sitting at about 120 for a lot of this, right? really good ways to help your heart. Now, like if I said that that zone gave me one point, if I spent any time with my heart rate above 133 beats per minute, it gives me two points. And Fitbit set a goal, and I kind of modified this goal, to have 150 of those zone minutes per week. So if I got one minute for staying in that 107 to 132 range, and if I got two points for going over 133, Then I got my 150 per week. And I know that there's a lot of these activity trackers that have different ways of measuring this, but you kind of want to have a way of measuring how many minutes in a week you are getting your heart rate up enough to have you have to take a breath every 10 to 14 words. Honestly, that is the best way to think of it. So if we're having a conversation and you can have a conversation, but every 10 or so words you have to take a breath, you know you're in the right intensity. When you start having to take a breath every three to five words, you're probably more in that like higher cardio or peak zone, which is great. That's considered vigorous heart health Uh, exercise. So 150 minutes of moderate, 75 minutes of vigorous. And again, more is not better with this. So once you actually pass that 20 to 30 minute mark of this higher intensity activity, your body needs to switch over to a different fuel source and it actually dumps a bunch of cortisol into your system to help with that, right? And what that can do is if you are someone who is already under stress or you are dealing with chronically high cortisol levels or you have poor sleep or you are eating poor foods or you are generally just under a lot of emotional stress from work or family drama or you're moving or whatever like that, if you are dumping more cortisol into your system through exercise, this is going to increase stress in every area of your life. So I often like to think when we're, especially when we're focusing on those cardio-based activities or those higher heart rate activities, if you are someone that is prone to stress, I do recommend actually keeping those workouts less than 30 minutes, right? And the type of exercise does matter with that. Cardio does stimulate your body to do that fight or flight cortisol release a lot more than say weight training. So kind of finding that sweet spot for you. And if you think like you're under stress, I would definitely scale back on the amount of cardio that you might be doing, or at least try building in a little more strength training into your program. The very last thing we need to consider when how we're exercising for energy is recovery time. Yes, recovery time matters. Your muscles need time off to repair and grow. The time you are not exercising is just as important as the time you are. You are not losing progress by taking days off. It is a misconception and it is likely 
hurting your energy, your ability to focus, your ability to sleep well and show up to your next exercise or workout program feeling fully ready. So I recommend one day per week completely off of exercise. Like don't do anything unless you are going to do a light walk, like a stroll with family or, you know, around the block or you're going to stretch. That is what I consider an off day. There is nothing taxing. You are not getting your zone minutes in. You are not making your muscles stronger. It is literally completely recovery. That's one day. My next recommendation is that one day during your week should be something that is focused on recovery. And what I mean in this is like a yoga day. Sometimes that might mean a yin yoga if you're feeling really sore. So yin yoga is where you hold the poses for two to four minutes and is a really deep stretch. Or you might do something more flowy. Um, And a mobility session is wonderful to have in here. And I find that this is one of those components that's most often missing from people's programs. Mobility. Mobility is essentially getting your your body to move again. Now this I this is one of the things that I see over and over again with clients is just if I ask them to lift their arms overhead, they cannot get their arms all the way by their ears without sticking their head forward. And that just basically means the mobility of their shoulder is limited. And so what we end up doing is we have these like funky movement patterns and then we go lift weights and exercise on them and that is how we get injured. So by adding in these yoga and mobility days once per week, not only are we aiding in recovery, but we are helping our body release and move the way it was supposed to so that when we go back to our workouts, we are not further injuring ourselves. Now, to complement that, you can do up to five days a week of moderate to higher intensity activities. That's all the things we talked about before. You have your strength training, you have your boot camps, kickboxing, spin bike, whatever it is that you want to do on there. And I say up to five days because everyone's going to have a different requirement. So if we're looking at your schedule and let's say right now, I'll use my schedule. Actually, I'm doing three to four 30 minute workouts per week right now. They are intense and they are brief. And then what I will do is I will walk for two days per week and I will have at least one, maybe even two days sometimes completely off. The other thing we want to consider is when we are doing our exercises, we want to make sure that we are spacing our recovery days out to allow for our body to recharge. So I recommend every three to four days have a day off or do a light walk stretch or a yoga mobility. So if you're used to hitting the weights six days in a row, even if you're working different body parts, it might be an idea to put an extra recovery day in there and then watch how much your performance increases in the gym, right? This has to do with intensity. If you're doing a lot of walks or yoga or stuff that is lower intensity, you might not need so many rest and recovery days. So you really have to gauge how high is my intensity, how frequent am I training, and I'm making sure to complement that. So just to give you a good example is I'm working with a client right now and he was, you know, he was sleeping pretty good and his energy was pretty good and his workouts were all right. But what we did was we took a look at his exercise program and I actually removed some of the cardio out of there. There were a lot of like the body weight cardio exercises with like the pulsing squats and the jumping squats and stuff like that. And I swapped it out for some weight training. Now, what he noticed was that when he showed up on his long run days, he had more energy, he was getting personal bests, and he felt like the workouts were so much better because I actually got him not only to add in a full day off, but a mobility, and then I took down the intensity of his other workouts. So 
don't always think that just because you're doing less, you're not getting the same result. Sometimes it's a little more strategic than that. So let's do a quick review. What are the six things that we have in our performance toolkit when we are looking to exercise for energy and not just to lose weight or to put on muscle, all right? So we wanna stay active throughout the day, meaning not a lot of time spent inactive. Every hour, we wanna get up from our chair, move a little bit, stretch. We wanna set a daily movement goal so that we know that we aren't being too sedentary, whether that's steps per day or rings to close on your Apple Watch. Training frequency, you wanna look to set an amount of workouts per week that makes you feel good but doesn't exhaust you. So that target, great target to start with is three to four times a week and then test to see what works best for you. We're looking at training intensity, how many minutes per week are you spending active enough to have the benefits for heart health and energy? And then lastly, are you building in recovery time where you let your muscles fully recover from the previous workouts and that you work to restore your body's natural balance by using mobility? And last thing I'll actually say about the mobility, if you don't know what I'm talking about or you don't know where to get started but you want to add mobility in, head on to YouTube and just search for like follow along mobility workouts and there will be instructors to guide you through. So one of the ones I really like, for example, is like a spinal mobility class and there is an athlete on YouTube called, his name is Tom Merrick, T-O-M, and last name Merrick, M-E-R-R-I-C-K. And he does a lot of follow along mobility, everything from upper body, lower body, hips, and all of that kind of stuff. So you can really just look at where you feel tight and then pick that one. And honestly, adding these in has been really nice because it's so easy to have loss of mobility through the spine and the upper back with sitting at our desks all day. So I hope that has been helpful. In your performance toolkit, you now have different ways to boost your energy that don't just rely on if you're doing squats or bicep curls or bike or running. You have other things to think about because there is so much more that goes into this. Now, what I want you to do, go back through this podcast and pick one of the six to focus on for the next week. So let's just say you're going to set up a daily movement goal. I want you to find out what you're doing now and I want you to make it 10% better. So if you are getting... 5,000 steps a day, I want you to aim for 5,500. So add 10%. And I want you to work on that until you've got it consistent and then eventually to where you want to get it to. So these are six different things that you can use. It is not meant to overwhelm you and to have to think that I have all of this stuff to do. Think of it like a buffet. I want you to come up, take what you need, implement it, go back, put it into your lifestyle. When it is done, you come back to the buffet. You pick thing number two. So I hope this has been super helpful. Uh, Come on over to Instagram and DM me and let me know all about what's going on with your exercise and your movement right now. And I'd love to celebrate that with you and help you figure out your next step. All right, have a beautiful week. I'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, if you're hearing me right now, you might be an entrepreneur who feels like this. Every single thing I had was going into my businesses and there was no room left for me. And that means I wasn't eating right. I was, my stress levels were just off the charts. And I was getting these headaches and I just felt like my health was not where it could be, where it should be. Every day I woke up really tired and actually all day long I was tired and I couldn't understand why. And this was really in the way of my productivity. I gained 20 pounds in one year, and that's mostly because of work stress. I've never seemed to have the control over my own health. This podcast will help you with all of that. I'm sharing everything I know and everything I'm learning about how to get healthy, 
optimize your focus, and eliminate brain fog for faster business growth. But if you want someone to take all of these strategies, create a simple plan, and help you bring it to life with weekly coaching, I'd love to work with you in my Becoming Limitless program. This is the high-touch intensive program that I have created to coach entrepreneurs like you to get back on track with their health, get really good sleep, and start waking up feeling well-rested. The biggest impact was really around overall well-being and sleep. So I started tracking my sleep and it was very data-driven what we did. And I saw measurable progress and improvement week to week, month to month. Now I prioritize sleep. I have my whole family on a better sleep schedule. You'll get my expert eyes on what you eat and help you develop a simple plan that sticks. She helped me really figure out what works for me nutrition-wise. It's not just like some cookie cutter plan. It's let's figure out what works best for your body and just optimize everything so I can show up at my best for my family, for my business, and just feel good. And of course, have you showing up to your business with clear, focused thinking so you can scale your business faster. Both my companies have grown over the last two years. I'm waking up more energized and I'm able to be more productive in my business. You're gonna learn how to optimize your brain and your body using a combination of wearable technology, accountability, science-based biohacks, and weekly personalized coaching. I'm not only gonna share what to do, but I'm gonna teach you how to be consistent and develop the self-discipline that keeps this going for the rest of your life. Coaching is where the magic really happens because Without coaching, you'll end up right where you started because those blocks and those underlying patterns that got you here are still there. You have to really rewire the way you think and that's what Tanessa helps you do. And it's good to have somebody who's got your back, who will hold you accountable and who will help you work through this process together. I help you become a human being instead of just a human doing. You get to have your health and a successful business too. It doesn't have to be a choice. So she really taught me a lot about how to balance being an entrepreneur and a business owner and also not sacrifice my health. Yep, you can use the gold mine of information in these free episodes of the Becoming Limitless podcast to help you take control of your health and you will feel more vibrant. But if you want, you can outsource your health to me and put your brain power back on growing your business. If you're ready to commit to upgrading your health and start feeling more energized within the next couple of months, click the link in the show notes and book in a consultation call with me. My life today is not even recognizable the life I had a year ago. And that's because of everything that Tanessa has put into the program. So if you're on the fence, get off the fence. Your future self will thank you for it. Highly suggest working with Tanessa. I would highly suggest doing a consultation call with her, doing her program, seeing what she's about and seeing if she's a good fit for you because she is definitely committed to her clients and she definitely knows what she's talking about. So go work with Tanessa. She's really amazing and she's going to help you get your energy back. Hit the link in the show notes and book in to talk with me about your health and I'll see you on our first call.